0: Kelly Forden and I'm here today with Selena Anderson and we are talking about her award-winning story Godmother Tea which was actually in Best American Short Stories as well. Uh, Welcome to the program. Hi thank you. I'm excited to talk about this story because it's sort of like a magical realist story and I love stories with magic in them and um so uh but before we get into all of that, I just wanted to kind of talk about the genesis of the story and how it first came to you.
1: I wish I knew that, uh, I've asked that a lot. I don't, I don't know, or I can't say I've asked that a lot, but I know that's a question people have about where do stories come from. Um, I think I, I thought about it a lot. I thought about it a lot, and then I started writing it. Um, and it came from, yeah, there was a time in my life where three things that I felt weren't supposed to happen, happened. At the same time. And so I needed to uh, like <laughs> figure out what that was about.
0: <laughs> and what were those three things?
1: Oh, You know, like things that I think people go through in their 20s, a friend breakup or a friend near breakup uh, relationship, romantic relationship you think is has legs doesn't have legs and just and little okay the thing with the id that she was <laughs> going through my character was going through little minor things that you should be able to have the energy to take care of become this huge project so those are three those were the things that like um i did notice and i i wonder write about she has um this id her uh, driver's license that she needs to get renewed and it's this whole project she can't just do it because of I guess she's depressed. I don't know. Whatever's going on that makes le- regular things hard um, is what I was trying to say.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I mean, even this, you know, well, that could be a pain anyway, even if you're not depressed, but right. <laughs> but it just gets like so much worse if you're having a hard time. Right. Um, so her name is Joy, I noticed. And uh, did that come to you later or was her al- her name always Joy?
1: She almost did not have a name, my character. I think the name doesn't pop up until a few pages in or definitely not on the first page. I think she, joy for me was, was a, like a, every name, every man name. I know so many people with that name uh, that are my age and my experience, close to my experience have a name like that. Um, And I also think like with names, you can do a few interesting things. A writer can do a few interesting things like, you can define the character with a name or what, what their hopes were, what their parents' hopes were for them. So what people of the past hopes are for the future, I guess. And also um, it's kind of like a, you just, it's kind of like the weight of a name, I guess, too, is part of it. Um, This was part of what I was thinking of when I came up with her name. So I wanted to be able to apply to everyone, a lot of people. And then I wanted it to have like some, I don't know, weight to it. And Joy, I like the name Joy. It's it, it's just elemental. It's just joy. So It
0: seems like, yeah, it seems like she is kind of like the joy of her. I mean, that, that she would be like the culmination of some of the ancestors' dream, hopes and dreams and that, she, you know, that her life or how she's living her life might bring them joy. So, I, it seems like a good choice <laughs> from that I standpoint. Know. I don't know if you meant any of
1: that. No, but. well, there's a meme. I keep seeing this meme, and around that time when I wrote the story, I kept seeing it. You are your ancestor's greatest hope, or you know, and yeah. you know, it doesn't feel like that when you're 20 and struggling. When you, <laughs> no, it sounds <laughs> like a joke. It sounds like a joke, and it sounds like a no. We, I stand before the mirror, and I'm, you know, all these people are looking at me like, what in the hell? And 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 um and and all and my name also is like. It sounds like a joke, too, because I, I don't really feel like I have joy. Yet, I think she does have a lot of joy throughout. I think, uh th- I don't know, it's never just sadness. It's, a, it's all mixed up in there together.
0: Yeah, it's complicated. Um, I haven't asked this before, but I, I thought of this because I love the first paragraph so much. Would it be possible for you to read from that first paragraph?
1: Just like my mama, she rolled up with a gift, a life-size mirror edged by Baroque curling leaves with slender gold feet that somehow supported both its shimmering weight and mine. My mother has a knack for messy presents. Day passes to the gym, merry maids coupons, flat irons, with built-in conditioner. This, however, was especially rude. A mirror would only reflect me, plus all my sulky auras, plus the cultivated environment that had drawn me this way.
0: I love that. It's so beautiful. And I was thinking about how... The, the mirror supports both its own shimmering weight and joys. And I'd love to hear more about, you know, it's just such a fascinating way to put it. Um, and I wondered what you were thinking when you wrote that.
1: Thank you. I will. So there was a mirror, I actually saw a mirror um, when I was like a uh, dream scrolling uh, for, and I, I saw this beautiful, beautiful mirror that had feet on it. And they like, it had like little gold feet and it was like, it had the gold edge and everything. And I just thought how, um, I don't know, I just thought it was beautiful. The feet were going in both directions, too. Or maybe I might have added the both directions thing, but it, it had that. And I thought like, um, I don't know. So that was like an image that kind of was with me, with uh, with like all these other um, things that kind of start coming into her apartment. That was like the one thing that was one of the objects that was interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought that it is so cool because, um, I mean, it is sort of, it has that magical feel to it that, the mirror would have to hold, you know, like the ancestors in it and hold her weight in it. And, and uh, I've never thought of a mirror that way before. So I was really fascinated by it. Okay. So by paragraph four, the ancestors are actually looking out of the mirror and studying joy with loving disapproval. There's a lot about judgment in this story. And I was just wondering if you could talk to me about judgment It just felt heavy as if the ancestors have so much weight in the narrator's life. And, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that.
1: She comes from a family that is critical. Uh, and it's, they have a, people feel a very strong responsibility that you turn out, that you turn out well and that you, um, that you represent the family well. And it, it, I don't know. It's just a strong, it's a really strong, um, I guess, responsibility okay and she feels the weight of that kind of like when you're not even thinking you're thinking about it she just always has that it's always with her so that was um, what I was thinking about the judgment thing and I, I guess it pops up in in subtle ways I don't know it just always pops up it's just constant I guess I don't know it's constant and you can expect to ju- be judged
0: <laughs> and it's like a, so in her in her familial group, like in my, my family's Irish. So, you know, it would be like the Catholic judgment, like, you know, you, you're supposed to do this and this is a mortal sin and you're going to hell if you do. It. So what would specifically like in her world, yeah. when you say um, you're supposed to, cause I felt like she was getting mixed messages about what her role was and how she was supposed to behave, but how, how deep would you yeah. articulate it? I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's okay. So, um, a black middle class family in the South. Um, you have, you have the. There's um, a saying: "To whom much is given, much is required; much is expected. Too much is given, much is expected." Um, that you, she would have had since she was very little had that ingrained in her, and just certain things like that. Um, specifically, I think you're you are supposed to do better than the generation before you. You're supposed to there's a there's like a, um, a pressure not to put people back or not to <laughs> like any wrong move is going to set you back or set down setback generation so she has that I guess even if she doesn't always believe in it it's something that she carries
0: she just has that weight yeah so it's not like a hell it's just that everybody would be completely disappointed and this isn't what they worked hard for her to get where she is and well, it's like, to- it's
1: like, it's well, like, you know, you will pivot if, if things go left, you will pivot, but you must be afraid of disappointing people, you mm-hmm. must feel, be afraid of the shame or afraid of like, um, uh, you must like feel that responsibility, it, things happen and then you know, you move people will still love you and everything but that's- Yeah, but
0: you still feel it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you better feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So I love that her mother's friends talk about her like she's a dish that was difficult to get right, as if many ingredients went into perfecting this concoction. Um, And then we learn in the next paragraph that some of her mother's compliments are self-reflective and that never feels good. And I thought that's something that I felt before from, say, (laughs) a parent figure, but never really articulated. So we talked about it a little bit before is what her mother's expecting of her.
1: For her joy, she wants the compliments to be like pure, I guess. And it doesn't have any like anything behind it. And the mom is explaining to her, no, a compliment from a mom's perspective is I like this thing in you that I wish I had. And instead of her being like, okay, that tells me something about my mom, (laughs) I can like let something go. She is like, well, no, I just want it to be, you know, what I want it to be.
0: Yeah, I want it to be about me rather than yeah, about what you wanted.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: It seems like it should be simple, but. Um, so so. Joy lives in a city whose economy should not have outlasted the 20th century. I guess I, I feel really dense, but I didn't know what you meant by that.
1: Okay, so when I was, when I was coming up, uh, my second coming of age, when I was like trying to get a job and like work and everything, it was during yeah. the great recession. And um, in Texas, where I'm from, and other southern places they were kind of celebrating this accident of having like having not completely felt the brunt of it as other other places had at the location there and we and i remember we had a former governor who like a, you know he got up there and said um oh we're ha- we're in a recession i didn't know we were in one like you know knucklehead things like that when people who know your children are <laughs> they know we're in a recession <laughs> things like that um was kind of annoying to me but i was talking the economy i'm talking about is oil and gas. And like, why is that still a thing? Um, when we know what it does to the planet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We should know better. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So the godmother, um, can you tell me a little bit about the concept of the godmother? Is that something that is bigger than the story that I just haven't heard about before, or is it something that you completely made up?
1: I made it up. It's, I think what I was talking about was, um, if I was trying to put an, an identity to a feeling that you have when you start to notice you're in this kind of rut for joy. She starts to notice she's in this kind of, mm, I think she says like, you have the energy, you have the energy to go outside, but not to brush your hair. Something like that. I don't know. She's little things that she notices. She was putting an, an actual uh, person to it, which I thought was um, for me helpful to like kind of uh, explain it. Uh, as as opposed to like talking about it in these kind of abstract ways and it also was a i also was like um by making it a character she's able to talk to the person and interact with it instead of being passive and that's her thing she hates being passive she's not want to be like it's kind of one of the things i admire about this character and, and just people in general who who fight against inertia is that she's she can't just be passive She just to do something
0: so the, so the godmother is like the literal embodiment of, if you had to put it in one word, of this
1: spell. Mm-hmm.
0: When you started thinking about the godmother in the story, were you thinking that of actual, you know, things that you can see, like, you know, like visuals, or like, were you thinking it would be cool if there was a visual embodiment of this,
1: <laughs> like when I thought of what she looked like, and
0: things. yeah,
1: yeah. I guess she looks to me like an older grand aunt, or one of your grandmother's friends, or mm-hmm. somebody from a from a church event from like the early nineties or something. That's what she looked like to me.
0: Yeah, who shows up whenever. Like what would I'm sure trigger? that whenever,
1: whenever you need to get kicked in the pants, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, so I'd love to hear more about the dozens. I wasn't familiar with the dozens.
1: I can tell you what the dozens means to Joy. So Joy, it, it's basically you have to learn um, how to be quick witted and be smart. And have to, how to trade insults, how to take an insult, how to get people off of you, keep your mind fresh, and. um be witty and fight with words. That's what dozens are. Enjoy. And it's something you just have to get. You have to learn it. Like you have to learn how to fly or ride a bike. You have to get it for survival. And she's not catching it. And so her friend, <laughs> she's not getting it at all. And, her, and it's almost like, um, You know, like uh, you know, there are cultural things like for for black people, dancing is having rhythm and stuff. You can't dance the worst thing, so it's like one of those one of those things. You got to have it, or else like you get your black card revoked or something. Right, don't have it, and her friend helps her with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So is it a thing? Like, it's a thing that everybody knows in the black community that doesn't. It's a. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is okay. So, how would someone say it to you? get your act together you gotta or I don't know how would they put it in a phrase or how would you first learn about the dozens
1: well our when I was a kid our parents told us they taught them to us and they taught us probably like 200 or something of them and the rest you you pick up learn just on the schoolyard you pick up someone gonna say something about your hair they say something about your glasses your teeth I have crooked teeth they say something about you being tall and skinny anything and you have to say something back
0: Oh, you do. You like have to respond. So you've got to be witty. You've got to, and she just, is just not into it at all. She just doesn't say. No, she's just just
1: not, well, she's not catching it naturally. She's not getting it like, um, you know, it's like kind of hard. So
0: see, that's how I feel like I am as a writer. Like that's why I'm a writer because I'm not particularly witty. So would that be like joy? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like anyone who would be quiet or would be introverted would be in trouble then. Right.
1: You have to get it still.
0: You still have to get it. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's for survival. Right. Yeah. You, are okay. you gonna get it Rolled on. Yeah. You got to get it
0: later at the party. Joy says some people like myself who weren't supposed to be at the party, and I wondered what she meant here. Was that like a reference to um, anything larger, or she just had just shown up at this particular party and she wasn't yeah, supposed to like be a there?
1: Plus one of a plus one, so she's not really supposed to be there. But it's a fancy party in a neighborhood that she would normally be in. Okay. And, um, like hipster bougie things that she wouldn't normally be uh, partake in are happening. So that's what I meant. So the other people that yeah. are there, they're either um, plus ones or they crashed <laughs> at the end. People <laughs> crashed, but but the whenever like people are stealing the wine and stuff, they, those are the people that crash party.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it seems like it would be one of her worst nightmares <laughs> to be. I don't know. She's she's. Well, how would you describe her? I guess as a good question to ask because I have a vision of her in my mind is and I'd love to know you know how you think of, about her
1: what as a person of Her,
0: well I just thought she was I thought she was weighed down by all these expectations and I did think she was depressed um, I thought she was looking for answers about how to live her life she reminded me a lot of people I know in my 20 <laughs> you know knew in my 20 or myself you know, like that you're kind of lost and you're kind of yeah. wondering how to live your life. But she did strike me as like quite introverted too. And then I was worried about Andre, but we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs>
1: that yeah, I think she's, the way I think about her is she's one of these people who, no, I think she thinks a lot and she's in her head a lot and she does spend a lot of time by herself. I think she's ex- she's very sensitive, although she kind of is, she, snobby and ironic to cover it up and i think she is struggling she wants to be an artist and it hasn't happened yet and she and she feels like not only have i not gained this what you know this thing what this thing that i'm i was supposed to be here for that's why i'm on this planet and not only have i not gotten it yet i'm losing the most important things to me that i chose i guess you know kind of i don't know and or that's the like what i'm that's the meaning i'm assigning to it. Yeah, And she is also not passive and also was someone who gets to the bottom of things, which is what I really love about her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also, also, I wanted to say that she, she's one of these people, like, even if she's like feeling her worst, she's going to be dancing. She's going to be talking trash and trying to get her ex's shirt as like a a prize.
0: (laughs) Right. That was great. I love that. Okay. So, there was this moment where she says, maybe that's why I told Andre one of my secret resolutions, which was to pawn everything I owned. And later she mentions like, you know, repossession and pawning everything. And I was just thinking a lot about ownership of the story and sending things back or refusing things that people have given you. Is yeah. Was that one of the themes in the story? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so for sure. I think owning things. I think she even says she's re- trying to repossess him <laughs> in a way like. <laughs> she says you trying to repossess him. Oh, that's so ridiculous to say. But like, <laughs> I know,
0: you know, but I I know think, that feeling. I know that feeling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So anyway. So yeah, it's about um, owning things and repossessing things and um, not losing things, avoiding losing, really trying to win. That's a big thing. I think a lot of my characters in my stories want to win and they'll, they kind of act in untoward ways because they can't just be pat- They can't just sit there. They think like I have to do something.
0: Right. Which is good for a character because you want to follow someone who's, (laughs) you know, who wants something and who goes after it. So I'd love to discuss her relationship with Andre. So what what was his role in the story and what did you think about when you were coming up with his character?
1: I think if she was in a better position, he may not, she may not fixate on him. But um, (laughs) um, I think uh, she is not. So she is. He is, well, what do I think of him? I, I don't know. I don't know what I think about him. I think he's, uh, I don't know. What do you mean? What I think about him?
0: Well, I just meant like he, I mean, obviously he's kind of moved on.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so, um, and how about that, the scene with the other girl? And oh, I, God. Yeah. <laughs> I felt okay. so bad. I, but I was, you know, it was great the way she handled that, that too. So
1: So, yeah, she... He has moved on to this other girl who is speaks in a way that my character does not. Joy can't naturally; she does, and she just has like this confidence that Joy doesn't have. She has to pretend to have it or study somebody else, so she finds those things to be um, intimidating. But because she's so desperate, she's not intimidated, and she just <laughs> wants to prove something to herself. I don't know. It's like right before it's really, really over. You can go back a few times, but it's not. It's almost like really over.
0: Yeah. It seemed like she was almost going back even though she knew nothing good was going to come of it.
1: You're not going to get back together. You're not going to get married. It's not going to be like, okay, that was just like a little break. It's right. <laughs> she's not even thinking well, about it that way. She needs a win.
0: It's, it's like one of those things where when you're depressed or you're not feeling good about yourself, everybody else seems to be doing better than you. That's the feeling, you know, like, but you know, she wouldn't be in that situation if, if, um, If things were going a little bit better for her,
1: you know what I mean. I don't think she would care. I don't think she would be looking at this person as a rival. She wouldn't be looking at Andre as like a prize. I think it it would be like, um, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like you can look back at it later in your life and think like, why was I doing that? You know. But at the time,
1: you don't know. She needs to win. She needs to like you know prevail.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this story, is it part of the collection that you're um, currently working on? And I was wondering, how does it fit into that collection?
1: Yeah, it's it's part of the collection for sure. I write a lot about people just like this um, who are, like I think I said, they're trying to win. Um, they are... <laughs> Magic doesn't help them. If if magic occurs, it's not really something that helps them. <laughs> um, and, and, and what I mean by that, it's like it's not a fantasy. Like, um and, and what I mean by magic is I should say this, I should explain this. I think what's happening with these characters is that the world's not necessarily magic. I think they're in a particular situation that's making them see how weird things are or making that they're in a situation that forces them to. Um. okay so here's how I would describe it like if, if a privilege is taken away from you now your perspective is like wider yeah you, ha- you have mm-hmm. to see because that privilege is out of the way and you almost mm-hmm. are you're almost like suspended above or you're you're like kind of removed in a way and everything mm-hmm. is sharper and clear and I don't think what it's making is like more is sharper realism I think what it's making is like it's just it's showing you like how strange and beautiful things are and I also think that What I'm trying to represent in my stories is like how if I show what if I show what it's like to be a black woman or a black girl coming of age, I must show the absurdities and I must show the. And if I'm if I'm representing it. You know, stylistically, I guess. Then there will be absurdities. There's going to be things that are really strange and there's going to be like it's going to feel like cruelly, absurdly strange. Yeah. So
0: is that what you were talking about in the last paragraph when you said, um, so I looked back at my apartment building where people were coming and going like nothing had ever happened to them. I was doing the same thing and had been, I realized, for a long time. I guess you could say that's how I got over. Were you talking about that perspective there?
1: How I got over? How I got over is so, like a is a hymn. It's an old Negro spiritual, you know. Okay. Younger um, Jackson, how I got over. She sings, I look back and wonder how I got over. It's like, how did okay. I make it? yeah yeah what it means and so she's yeah that's what she's saying in a way that's how I got over I realized that um I like everyone else is coming and going as I please and dealing with my things
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and
1: uh that's how I it wasn't like I did anything special it wasn't like I um I had to give up I guess you had to give up doing the your old previous bullshit this all this like fighting and accept and surrender and stuff that's like how you get over it, is surrender yeah surrender's how you get over
0: surrender it. yeah and um, in the rest of the collection is it different characters or the same characters they're or? different they're,
1: um okay. so one is a girl who's she's shoplifting she's shoplifting around christmas time and she's yeah. like 14 i guess 15 and there's another story about a guy who gets on this dating show um and he's oh man. that's fun that was fun <laughs> It's called Romeo number three. And he's the third Romeo. And there's another story about a girl who makes dolls. She's like, I guess in her early twenties. There's another story about, um, oh, this one's okay. It's a, it's called wig violence and it was published in Georgia review. And it's this woman who is like a hairstylist at a, um, funeral home, but she has dreams and she, (laughs) that's what that one's about. (laughs) Um, she wants to do other things. She has heart.
0: dreams. Like, oh, she does. Like she wants to work wants on to do other,
1: things, other living, things. Okay. Yeah. All my characters are very ambitious and very limited in what their, their reality is like kind of limited, whether they're talented or not, or, or crafty or not. It's just, it is what it is. And they they fight really, really hard up against um, just reality. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you um, are thinking about stories, I would, so now I'm just going to ask a couple of craft questions. Are you often motivated by like ideas that you want to pursue, or, you know, like, a, you know, I don't know, like a vague idea, like infidelity. I want to figure out, you know, something about infidelity in the story or I want to think about, um, you know, being sad or whatever. Or do you do characters come to mind first or does it vary every single time?
1: I think it changes. I think when a story starts to come together for me, I notice that I'm thinking about a situation. When it comes together, I've, I can see a situation that somebody's in, I can see a particular scene and sometimes the beginning of the scene is an image. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, but I, I think like, I'm not even really thinking about the character it, like comes is so in the air already. I don't know how to explain that. I'm not thinking no, about I- like, a, a person who's um, or, like, relationships? Not in those terms. I think in, well, I, for me, it, it comes together as, um, uh, I can, okay, I can see somebody in a situation where they have to make a decision. I see someone, as, where they're about to make a bad decision, usually. They're about to make mm-hmm. a bad decision. Or they're, um, they're they've, <laughs> they don't they realize they've lost something. <laughs> or they're, <laughs> um, yeah, usually something like that. And I when it, when um I I know that I I know that it's like a story is when I start to have the images and start to have like a scene.
0: Did it all come at once? Did it take a while? Did you not know how it was going to end?
1: How did it come to me? I um, it started with I was thinking about it, thinking about it, and then I wrote it, and then I had the mirror that came later, like in a, like a second draft, the mirror came. And then that opened up a, wow. whole, a lot of things for me. And then I had, cause it was like the, you know, the thing she's, what
0: was it, for. what was it without the mirror? Cause that, I feel like the mirror is so central. It
1: yeah. was there, but it wasn't like in the first paragraph, it wasn't a like set up there and it wasn't okay. like set up among the things that joy was receiving you know, unwanted gifts that she was receiving. It wasn't like, it hadn't been presented in that way yet. It was there, but it wasn't like um, printing in a way that it wasn't. I wasn't directing you to look at it. Look at the mirror. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) we are. Once I figured that out, things really changed. And then I had the party scene. Then I had like some more momentum, and then I had um, I worked on it one more time, and I said, I just felt like the basically the first draft I did have a lot of it, but it wasn't special, and Mm -hmm. um, and things weren't quite in the right order. And then I talked to a friend, I think right before I like sent it out, really sent it out. I talked to a friend. Mm -hmm. There was like uh, a scene that it was the scene with Andre that it just didn't feel right. And it just it was lame. It wasn't right. But I really wanted to keep it like a a, (laughs) like a a um, revenge sex scene or whatever. I wanted to keep uh-huh. that and ridiculous and funny and like sad at the same time. I wanted to keep that because I just <laughs> knew it was her and it was, uh-huh. and it gets you to the next place that she goes to. So I, I really wanted to keep it and not take it out. And I just really had to figure that out. And once I had that, I I think the end came together better too. It was sharper.
0: Mm-hmm. So how far along are you in the collection? Um, I am finished.
1: Huh, I'm finished. I don't really have anything else to do with it. I'm writing a novel now. So that's what I'm working on. Well
0: is there anything that I didn't cover in the story that you wanted to talk about or that sometimes I miss aspects of things and I just like to ask people at the end like is there a specific thing you really wanted to touch on?
1: I did want to say like the th- you did ask me about Joy previously and then I mm-hmm. uh, about the name and stuff and I think um another thing I wanted to add to it was at the end of the story she plays DJ Screw but i don't mm-hmm. i don't call him DJ Screw because it, you know you're it's this whole mythology of DJ Screw if you say it that way so i call him by yeah. his real name <laughs> which uh-huh. which is accessible to her his real name is accessible to her and um so she plays his music or whatever and she's it's like um she says his chopped up joyous pain mm-hmm. um and I, that i just wanted to like somehow put that together with her name with identity and with um just kind of um turning my pain into something like useful or turning it into something beautiful mm-hmm. uh, and and it being transformative i think i don't think people would necessarily i don't know what pe- i don't know what people think of, what, of li- like a listening to dj screw experience in 2022 is but
0: <laughs> I, I, I and i feel really bad because <laughs> i don't know i'm older than you i think i don't know i don't know i'm not familiar with dj screw so tell houston me thing. a little.
1: it's a houston thing and it's okay. kind of like become a bigger thing later but yeah legendary dj screw i think it's music that you would listen to for sure in a bathtub when you're sad but also okay. like at a party or just riding in your car and it's the thing it's just like a houston thing
0: oh that's cool it's good to yeah. know i um so her name so say that one more time that part about um the joy, oh, the
1: chopped, chopped up, up joy.
0: joy. Mm-hmm. That's The chopped what up joy is, is your pain. Is. It's a so,
1: pain and joy and pain all mixed together. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's amazing.
0: Another thing yeah. I want to say,
1: this is like kind of tangential, I guess. But when I was a kid listening to the radio, um, they would play DJ Screw, but they also mm-hmm. played, um, like all the time on my parents' radio station, the older generation station, they this song by... Um, frankie beverly and Maze called joy and pain sunshine okay played sunshine everybody. oh yeah always yeah. they played it all the time and it like gets in your little young mind that these things go together so yes yeah so i think for her um that's what i was trying to do i don't know if it even yeah, yeah. articulated i tried to write it i don't know if i can say it out loud
0: <laughs> no 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 it makes sense and it it's um you know it's like that you need some sort of balance between all of these things. And then I think, especially when you're young, it feels things can be out of balance. Like sometimes in the story for her, it felt like to me, you know, like there was too much weight um, on the expectations. And then I don't know if I'm articulating that at all, but it felt like it does all go together as long as you have some sort of balance. Yeah, between you know joy and pain and mm-hmm. expectations and being 20 <laughs> or being how old how old do you see her I actually didn't even think about like how old is she exactly in your mind
1: she's in her uh, late 20s she was late 20s mid 20s but she's in her late 20s
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> and she probably feels like she's getting old but I see her as pretty young at that age
1: I don't think okay she doesn't have like the weight of um. She doesn't have yet where one wakes up in the morning and they feel all the weight of the things they've been through <laughs> and all yeah, the yeah. that they have just for today. She doesn't have that yet, but she mm-hmm. feels that, um, she's, she feels like time is speeding up. Okay. She does have, she does know that the clock is, is ticking. It's, uh-huh. You asked me about writing it when I originally wrote it, it took place during football season for some reason. I don't know, but it doesn't now it's, um, Easter. Because I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted her to forget that it was Easter. I wanted her to forget that it was Resurrection Sunday. Uh, I thought that would be sad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is kind of. sad. <laughs> yeah, and I was just, I was just reading about um, how you can use, and I never think about this enough. I don't know if there are certain things that you, as a writer, don't always think about until like in revision. But I often don't think about how you can use cultural touch points, or you can use, uh-huh. you know, like things like Labor Day or. July 4th or whatever things we all know in the background that just sort of give the boy, give the boy, give the story more texture.
1: So when you first start noticing a character and you are seeing like how they're moving and what their routine is and stuff, you, there's, um, there's an atmosphere around them. And if it's, it, it made sense to me for it to be spring and beautiful and just gorgeous outside well, you know, it is not springtime on the inside for her. I just <laughs> thought that made sense. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: no, the contrast between it. Okay. One question I have to ask, um, just because I know it'll be just writers listening. <laughs> What's the path from um, you get published in the literary magazine and um, and then you move on to Best American? What is that like? Did that come out of as a total shock or you get a letter or a
1: call or... <laughs> I just know I, you that question. Writers. I think um, it, it's I worked on this story for a few years I thought about it for a whole month before I even wrote it and then I wrote it um and then I felt like I you know you write it and I don't even think in terms of drafts I think you do all you can do you get a little bit of feedback you put it in a drawer as they say and then you get to a crossroads it's like well I really feel like this story can be something I really believe in this story I know it can be something or what can I do to make it the best it can be? And there's a few people you can talk to, and then you can read, and you know, reading and um, that can direct you as well. Mm-hmm. And so that happened, and a, a really good friend helped help me with them, um, help me see something about uh, two pretty important scenes. So that helped that helped me a lot. I didn't take his advice, Mm -hmm. but he helped me see
0: something. (laughs) Oh, interesting. um, Yeah. (laughs) Like what, what was that? I'm just curious. What did he, it was about,
1: it was around the sex scene and it was just like not working. He's like, you just take it out. And I was like, it's (laughs) got to make it work. I know that I can make it work. And I didn't feel like I was being stubborn. I felt like it was pretty important Mm -hmm. like place to get her to the next place. So anyway, Mm -hmm. but yeah, anyway, so, but no, he, he was great. Talking to him was great anyway. And then, um, so anyway, that happens. Then I sent it to Oxford American and they published it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that's such um, a great feeling. It was wonderful because I love Oxford American. Yes. And I worked with an editor there who was really fantastic. And then um, then Best American happened. And they I guess how that happened was a. Did they email me? I think they e I can't remember if they emailed or sent a letter. I'm pretty sure they emailed, though, these days. It was awesome. It was cool. That I is very
0: cool. Nice <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I just think that's the pinnacle of short story writing. So I thought I would ask about that. <laughs> and congratulations.
1: Thank you. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I'm looking forward to reading the collection when it comes out and your novel. How How far along in the novel are you? did you say? I'm
1: um, I'm revising, so.
0: Okay. Yeah. So sometime soon.
1: Yeah. Soon, soon, soon. That's the word.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Selena. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you for, for the opportunity.